Welcome to the Enlightening Motherhood Podcast. Here you will find a non-judgmental community offering support to mothers raising children with extra challenges. This community was created for you to empower moms who love their children deeply, but are also feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, or just plain stressed out. We are the place for moms who are sometimes feeling at the end of their rope and are looking for hope and light. Join us as we help you enlighten motherhood. Hello everyone, this is Emily, and I am so excited for today's episode. We have with us my friend Jessica Jackson. She is the host of the Thriving in Motherhood podcast. Jessica, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, everyone. I am Jessica Jackson. I've got four children um, that I homeschool, and we. I also run Thriving Motherhood podcast, um, and I'm the creator of the planner and journal that is specifically meant to help moms go from surviving to thriving and to create their vision for what they want for motherhood to look like and make it a reality. So that is um, maybe the very shortest version, but for me, basically I became a mom and it was hard and I didn't think it was going to be so hard. And it was really, really hard. And familiar. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's, a, I've come to realize it's a very normal experience. I think there's, there's not a way to become a mom without kind of going into the deep end first, but um, I just really believed that God would help me and that it could be joyful. Um, and it wasn't. And so I just became like, went on this quest to close that gap between what my reality was and what had I hoped would be possible. And so that's part of why I started Thriving Motherhood podcast was just so I would have a, an excuse to pretty much ask any mom I thought was doing well a question and and figure out what I was missing. Um, but in the process, I continue to have just like really hard years, lots of years of struggle with my health, with pregnancies being just incredibly difficult. Um, and after my second son was born, I contracted something called C. diff, which is a super bug in your colon and it's life-threatening. So I had a two-year-old and a two-week-old and I was back in the hospital fighting for my life. And during that time, you know, I just really struggled through those first two years of motherhood. And all I could think was, I, I just want to like, like this. I want to enjoy this. I, I had, you know, spent a lot of time observing other moms and seeing like, what are they doing well? And what do I like? And what do I want my motherhood to be like? Because it was like time to figure it out. I felt like I've got these two kids. Um, I just, I just want to like this. And I went back to my roots, which is I tried to find a planner that would help me figure this out. And after tons of looking, because in college I had used like a Franklin Covey two pages a day planner all growing up, you know, I loved my little notebooks and planners. Um, but I kept having these problems of, I would, um, you know, I would try and write out a schedule and then my kids would, you know, have a different nap time or have a meltdown or, you know, like, I'm sure you can relate, right? Like trying to follow a schedule when you have children at home was just so frustrating. And so I kind of gave that up entirely. Um, or I'd write like a list, like, okay, I'll just write a list of things to do, but the list kept getting longer and I'd keep adding to it. And I could, or I'd get like hyper-focused just on crossing things off and ignore my kids. And so I just really struggled trying to figure out how to enjoy my days and my life and also move things forward that were interesting to me and also be a present parent, right? Like there's just so much to juggle in your brain when you become a mom. Yes. Um, so while I was trying to recover from C. diff, it was more than a four month process just to get back to like a semi, not like semi barely, you know, kind of sort of functioning level. Like did it was you a, have four kids in homeschooling during this whole time. 
No. So this time was okay. just, this was right after my second was born. Okay. So sorry. I just had the two kids. No, that's okay. I just had the two kids, two and under, which was so hard. That's okay. a, that's a hard phase, but that's this hard is when without I, the C. Diff. Yeah. I would the C. diff. it was awful, but, um, but that's okay. There were lots of miracles and it was an essential part of my growth. But during this time, while I'm recovering and in bed and nursing a baby around the clock, um, my spare moments for my brain were spent designing this planner. Cause I would think like, I, you know, I look at all the planners. They didn't have things where I wanted. I want a spot for everything in my head. And I, what I really wanted was something that would help me take all of these ideas that I was getting from other mother mothers, put it in one place and then make it happen. And like, make it so that I could make it my reality and, and in like a seamless way, in a way that made sense to me. So that's what I did and it worked. And, um, what, seven years later now, <laughs> maybe it's been a lot of years since then. Um, and now, you know, I spend my days podcasting and like, you, you know, homeschooling and playing outside with my kids and gardening and woodworking and just, it is a full, wonderful, beautiful life. And I love it. Um, but it took a lot to get here. <laughs> it was a long journey. Yes. Okay. Oh, this brings up so many questions. Um, I guess the first one. So, you know, a lot about being in survival mode and mm -hmm. I'm impressed. Like, I think the product that you made is awesome. And I love that it's helping so many people, but I'm also impressed with the fact that you found the time to make it. Um, how did you manage that when you were like in survival mode and you had this idea of this amazing product that you really wanted to do? How did you find the time to work on it, even though things were so hard for you. Yeah. Well, and, and I think this kind of begs the question of moms when they're in survival mode, right? Because we all experience survival mode for one reason or another, whether it's our health or like, you know, your audience, you have kids that, that have, you know, parents with children that need a lot of help. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's hard to find that time, but that is kind of my superpower. So instead of trying to manage time, what I've realized that, that I like to do is manage my clarity and my, my next steps are. So what that means is I am very aware of what matters to me, what on, on a very small level, like not like a 20 priorities, but like, this is the thing that I'm working on. And then I always know what my next step is. I always know what the next little action is not like the next action. Like, um, if it's to write a book, write chapter one, it's like, no, uh, create a folder on my computer and write the mm -hmm. title of the book in it, right? Really teeny tiny micro next action steps so that whenever I have a moment, whenever a moment pops up, I can do that one thing. And over time, as you get real, it's a skill and over time and, and the entire planner that I made is designed to help you get that clarity and also know what that next step is at every moment. Um, but that is, you know, something that's in our circle of influence. I cannot control when my kids are behaving, you know, how they're behaving. I can't control whether they need more from me tonight. Or if I have a daughter that just needs one-on-one -on -one time for an extra 30 minutes at bedtime to be able to go to sleep without screaming her head off. Like I can't control her, but I can know that when I wake up in the morning, the very first thing that I'm going to do is this next little baby step in my project. So that is how I don't worry about my time. I don't worry about managing my schedule. I just get really clear about what matters and always know what my next baby step is. I love the exercise that I like to do is if someone showed up on my doorstep and said, I'm going to watch your kids. You've got one hour. Do I know what I would do at that moment? 
And I've never had that happen, but that is kind of how I operate. We've we know what your fantasies are made of. Sorry. Yeah, I know exactly. Right. Yeah. No, I, we've never, we've always lived far away from family. We've never had other people like that have been conveniently available to help. So, um, so yeah, that's how I do it. Oh, I love that. And I love that you, you make it like the next little teeny tiny thing. Cause I know sometimes my to-do list, I'm like, okay, so when I get spare time today, I'm going to record a podcast episode, but, mm. and then it doesn't happen because I didn't get all the, the hour and a half that I need. So instead thinking, okay, when I get time today, I'm going to work on outlining. I'm going to open a document, title it and write a sentence of my outline. Exactly. I like oh, I like that so much. And I think it could apply in so many different ways of, okay, I'm just going to do one little thing towards that goal. Yeah. And that's like the 30,000 foot view principles, but like one other practical thing that I do that is life-changing. So, um, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, the to-do list problems that I had, you know, where you just write this list and it gets longer and longer, and longer. And it feels like you're always on a treadmill and you can never get caught, caught up and it's overwhelming. Or like the moment of like, Oh, the kids are playing well, quick, look at the to-do list. And then you're like scanning it up and down. What should I do next? Oh, maybe this, no, maybe that. Okay. I'll do this one. And then the moment passed and your kids are like in there and you're like, dang, I didn't get anything done. So that is solved with something that I like to call the context-based to-do list. Actually, I learned this from somebody else. This is straight out of April Perry, who learned it from, I think, Julie Morgenstern. Like we're talking 15 years ago, maybe even more. <laughs> this book was written, but this is a gold nugget that I have put into the Thriving and Motherhood Planner. But what you do is instead of writing this long to-do list out, I write a to-do list for my week. So when I sit down and do my weekly planning on Sunday, I write out my week's worth of tasks. But instead of doing it in a long list, I do it... Um, Oh, and the reason for that is because, and I know you've experienced this, but, um, this idea of like, I sit down and I think, oh, today is going to be an awesome day and I knock all these things out. And then, you know, someone catches the stomach flu or someone needs some extra hugs or whatever. The kids are fighting more that day. Um, and then you don't get that done. But within the course of a week, I can have a really good idea of how much I can get done because yes, there's going to be these things that take my time and energy. But within the course of the week, I have a pretty good idea of how many little like pockets of time I'm going to have just generally speaking, and I can adjust my to-do list accordingly. So I can check my goal is to check everything off my list every single week and start fresh next week. So when I sit down to write this list though, I put it in context. So the first one is there's five home, um, which is things that happen around your house computer, which is like stuff I'm doing at the computer screen. I'm sitting down at my desk, uh, phone, which are phone calls I have to make things that I need to discuss. So if my next baby step is having a conversation with my husband about when we're going to get compost for the garden so I can plant the garden that goes under to, to discuss and then errands, where do I need to go outside of my house? And what's so great about this is that when you do have those moments, not only have you written things down in the next tiny baby steps, but all you have to do is look around yourself and say, I'm at home right now. The kids are playing. Okay. I'm going to look at my home list. And I'm going to knock it out. Or, oh, it's quiet. I can make a phone call. I'm going to knock it out on the phone. Or, okay, everyone's going crazy right now. I'm going to look at my errands list. Oh, what do you know? There's three of them and they're all on the same side of town. Well, let's knock them out. So it's a way to take, you know, be very efficient with making decisions and with just using where you're at during the day um, to get things done. Oh, that's great. So do you have a time, like a set time each week that you make your to-do list? Absolutely. Every Sunday night, I have a weekly planning meeting with myself. And then I sit down with my husband and we talk about what are each other's priorities for the week? What are the schedule things? Um, I ask for the help that I need. He asks for the help that he needs. And we kind of puzzle the week together. Hmm. So I can already, I can already hear the questions from like listeners. What about moms that say they just don't have the time for that? 
for a planning meeting? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Well, one of the principles that I'm realizing is that um, if you want to get more things done, you have to slow down. And that comes in a couple of different ways. One of the ways we just have to slow down first. Like if I talked to a lot of moms that are busy, but they don't feel fulfilled. And one of the reasons why is because we have to slow down and get clarity. You're low on clarity. You might, you're a high action person. We got, we're balancing these two things, clarity and action. If you are very busy, but you don't feel fulfilled, then chances are you are a high action person, which is awesome. You have so many amazing skills there, but are low clarity. Um, clarity on what matters to you, clarity about what fills your bucket, clarity about um, where you're headed, a bigger vision. Really, that's what I like to think of as my vision. Um, I create a vision for the year and I bring that vision to my quarterly planning, into my monthly planning, into my weekly planning. But basically, um, you got to slow down. And so the first way is slow down, get some clarity, create your vision and, and do these little tiny planning habits. Um, but the second part is slow down. And for me, I'm a spiritual person and I like to invite God into this with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I've got, you know, I've had so many times where, you know, I'm a stay at home mom. I love homeschooling my kids. I want to be in there with them, present with them, experiencing life with them. And yet when I have something that I feel like I need to do, I pray and ask God like, okay, how am I going to do this? When am I going to do this? Where is the time going to come up? And when I add those prayers with, you know, inspiration about what my next steps are from him and also take time to slow down and do that weekly planning meeting, because then my husband and I are on the same team and we can be interdependent and do more together than we could do by ourselves. Then, um, we're able to get a lot done. Oh, that's great. I love that idea of just pausing and listening and inviting, you know, whatever you believe in, which for me is also God, but yeah, just to have that moment of your day. That's, that's so good. And week and quarter, I can't remember all the steps. you Yeah, said. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how long does your weekly planning meeting usually take? Like how many minutes are we talking? Sure. Um, well, week to week, just generally speaking, uh, 15 minutes by myself and another five to 10 with my husband. Like it's not long. I literally open up my planner, pull up the Google app, look at what the appointments are on my calendar, my husband's calendar, write it into my planner so that I I don't like being on my phone when I'm around my kids. It's just frustrating to me. It doesn't work well in my brain. And And then I, sorry, what was that? Oh, these computer things. I'm talking over you because I can't see you. (laughs) Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Whenever I'm on my phone with my kids, it often ends up being like, oh, I'm just going to check what's on Instagram really quick. And then yeah, it's a downward spiral. Well, exactly. Yeah. So, um, we have a Google calendar just so my husband and I can like communicate with each other, but, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, so I write it down and then I flip to my, so, so the way that this works is I, you know, I have this vision and then for the 90 days I'm thinking, okay, what goals, projects, habits, you know, systems do I want to work on for the next 90 days? Cause that's actually all your brain can handle. Uh, can't think beyond those 90 days. So that, that planning session, I don't know, is maybe 30 minutes, but I love it. Like I love doing that. So maybe I make it last longer just to relish in it. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't have to take long. And then I break it down into, you know, then I do a month planning session and that is where I'm looking back over. And this is essential. This is like, if you only do one thing, do this, but I, I sit down and I write down all the places that we went, all the things that we did, um, all the family things that were important to us, all the things I accomplished, all the things I discovered or learned, because I think one of the struggles, you know, when you say like, Oh, I don't have enough time. I'm so busy. All I do is this. We, we really aren't seeing all that we're learning, all that we're discovering, all that we're accomplishing. And so this is an essential practice. It's baked into the planner, but it's essential because 
Um, we often as moms are our own worst enemy when it comes to building momentum towards the thing that we want to do, because we just see all the things that we didn't do. Mm-hmm. But when we take time to pause and celebrate and acknowledge what our life is actually made up of, what is actually happening around us, then we see the progress and then we build up momentum and then we get more energy and then it gets exciting. And then the ball starts rolling, you know, and it goes faster and faster down the hill. Um, so every 30 days I do that exercise because I go into that exercise and like, even knowing all this, I've been doing this for years and years and years. And I go into it thinking like, man, I am just so far off the mark. I'm not getting anything done. And then I do this and I'm like, wow, I'm awesome. And the moms that I have, and we, we do this every month together in something called Soaring Mother Society, same thing. They're like, I didn't think I needed this, but I really needed this. Um, so, you know, that maybe takes 30 minutes. And then that weekly planning is another like, you know, just 20 minute tune up. So it doesn't really take that much time, but it like is exponential on the growth and progress as far as like what can be accomplished. I love that idea of looking back and seeing what you did do. Um, Our brains have this interesting thing. It's called negativity bias because our brains really want to keep us safe. Like our survival is a higher priority to our brain than our happiness, right? And so it's going to look for these negative things so that we can guard ourselves and so we can keep ourselves safe, which is fine. And I'm grateful that my brain keeps me from like running into a road when a car is coming, right? I'm, I'm super grateful for that instinct. But also sometimes the negative side effect is that we might look at our day and be like, oh, I didn't do this and I didn't do that, like you were saying. But if we stop and think about everything we did do, especially like you said, to group it into a month, like, we'll see, we actually did way more than we gave ourselves credit for. Even if it was just, I held my child when they were sad. I sat with my kids when they couldn't play alone. I worked on that assignment with my child that took more time than we thought. Like, those are really big things, even if we hadn't maybe planned on them, that we can still celebrate the fact that we did them. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I highly recommend doing it every day too. That's what the Thriving Mother Journal is for. But because of that, like you get to the end of the day, like you're saying, you're so discouraged about about life and it just, you're tired. So you're super successful, you know, susceptible to that negativity bias. And so that's where I, I, you know, I highly recommend saying, what were my big wins today? Um, what am I grateful for today? You know, but all these counteract what our brain tells us, right? What were the magic moments today? All, you know, what you just described, right? All of those things, looking at them every day is so helpful. Mm, that's great. So I know some moms, when they sit down to write a to-do list or something, their brain kind of starts to spiral and they start to feel really overwhelmed because there's just too much to do and they'll never get it done. Or maybe they'll write a to-do list that's not really realistic. um, And then they feel discouraged that they didn't get that list accomplished. So there's kind of two different problems that I've seen with a lot of moms when they do this kind of planning. Do you have any advice or suggestions for either one of those? Absolutely. So I think we, step one is brain dump, like you just described. And whatever your experience is in that brain dump, whether it's that overwhelm or what did you say the other one was? Um, well, the one side, like there's too much to do and I'll never get it done. And so then they kind of start to shut off. They go into that freeze mode. Um, the other one is that they write down goals that aren't really realistic. Like they expect themselves to accomplish too much. Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So in both of those, write a brain dump because what we need to do to be able to, I like to think of this as emptying your backpack or our diaper bags, right? Like in your diaper bag, if you open it up and look at it there, it's like 
probably 12 layers of many trips that are piled up in there, right? And you've got the receipts and the you know thing from the museum and your kid snacks and the diapers and the wipes and it's all compacted in there. And so with our brains, like when you're getting started, what you need to do first is give yourself permission to pull all the things out of the diaper bag. But for us to feel safe about that, we do need to do that brain dump. So do that brain dump. And then, yeah, you're going to either kind of, you're going to get big ideas, right? So for the moms that are like, I've got all these awesome goals. That's great. Those are things that probably fit in your vision for the year, the whole year, um, or maybe five years, depending on how awesome your goals are, but for the year, um, and for the moms that are feeling overwhelmed, well, that's because you don't work for big lists, right? So, um, you brain dump it. We create a vision around it. You know, if you've got this huge list and you're feeling overwhelmed, we'll start looking at like, okay, what are, what's on that list? Like, what are, what are the themes that I'm picking out here? Like I've got all these things about organizing my house. Okay. Part of my vision this year is that I want to get my house organized or, um, you know, I've got this big goal to write a book. I guess I used that earlier today, write a book, um, whatever it might be. So we'll put that into your vision, but then we want to get we want to start getting a little more realistic. So on that 90 days, you can still think big, but over the course of a year, you probably can get, uh, maybe 10 to 12 goals projects accomplished within the course of 365 days. So for a quarter, you know, it kind of depends what they are, but maybe you can pick three of those. Um, and for a month you can pick like five to seven projects total in every single area of your life. So kids birthday party counts as a project and, um, decluttering the closet upstairs counts as a project and working on that thing for your, you know, for the PTA or for your church or your community, it counts as a project, you know, all these like things count as projects. And you probably can do somewhere between depending how big, big they are three to seven a month. Um, and so we want to start being aware. So th- I like, th- I like this idea of like creating a game you can win. So if you know that you're creating things, too many things, and you're feeling overwhelmed, then you've not set yourself up to win the game. Mm. So I like to look at this list of, okay, I can either write a really long list. No, I can't get it all done and beat myself up the entire time that I'm not doing it. Or I can start making some hard choices and deciding that these are the few things that I'm going to do. And I'm going to set the rest aside. I'll, I'll glance them it again, right? Like that's why I've got the planner. So you don't lose your goals. You don't lose your dreams. You don't lose your list. You don't lose your ideas. But I'm going to create and I'm going to only write down and only look at this week, the things that I can actually get done or this month, the things that I can actually get done. And I'm going to leave lots of room for flexibility in there. set up to be super flexible um, so that I can feel successful and I can feel excited and I can feel motivated because the opposite of that, the, you know, the alternative of feeling overwhelmed and freezing or doing so much that you can't get it done. You feel bad about yourself is that you stop. And I would much rather look at less, be less aspirational, but more consistent and taking those baby steps every week. I call it a big three. I pick my big three priorities for the week, something for me, my family and beyond and take tiny little baby steps every single week, getting those things done. Cause that over time adds up to ton of energy, tons of momentum, tons of progress, um, instead of getting stuck. Oh, that's so good. And so you don't know this because we're pre-recording this episode, but right before this, um, this airs, the episode that was just released was on all or nothing thinking. Ah. And so I love how that ties into that. Sometimes we think, okay, I have this, all these things that I want to do. I can't do them all at once. And so I'm just going to do nothing. And instead you're like, no, let's break this down. What, what can we do? Let's, 
let's make this bite-sized and digestible and really realistic, but realistic in a way that keeps us moving forward. I love that so much. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm a, I'm like the major red flagger of all or nothing thinking. So maybe that's why I'm so aware of it, but yes, it's real. Oh, that's great. Okay. So you told me before this episode about planning a week you can win. Um, can you tell us about that? It's something you're offering people, I think for, for yeah. free, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's for free. So what I want to do is like, there's all these ideas, like saying all this, it's like, oh, that's awesome. But how do you do it? So this is a free, um, class that you can just come and watch and I'll give you a weekly planning sheet that's out of the planner. Um, which is just, you know, a part of the system, but it's important so that you can sit down and get practice, like walking through step by step by step, how this works and how to set up a weekly plan because it's clunky. And I run an entire, um, you know, membership program and a course next 90 days that, that I opened in January to really dive deep into the principles, but really just getting you started so that you can start having these successes with your week with creating, you know, like kind of that idea, create a week you can win, that you can check everything off by the end of the week and feel awesome and like get off the treadmill. Stop having ridiculously long to-do list. Um, stop having that problem of like you're transferring schedule things day after day after day, trying to hope that it'll work and that your kids will fall into line. That's awesome. I am so, I think it's awesome that you're offering that for free to everyone. Where could they go to find that? Um, head over to thrivingandmotherhoodpodcast.com and you'll be able to find that and everything else that I offer there. Awesome. That is great. Okay. So how is this like planning a week you can win next 90 days, all of, all of what you've been talking about, just to tie it together. How can that bring us from survival mode to like doing the things that we love? Yeah. Great question. So what I realized over time is that, cause I've been a lot of time in survival mode. And when I feel like I'm surviving, there's, there's two types of survival modes. One is your circumstances and those I can't control. I can't control when I'm going to get sick or when I'm going to have surgery or when my kids are going to be sick or when we're going to move or when my husband's jobs are going to be super intense. Or, you know, when you've got, you know, children that are struggling with big emotions, right? Like those are things that, um, we maybe have influence over, but not a lot of control and I can't choose the time frame. So that that's one type of survival mode and it's real. It's your circumstances. Mm. There's this other type of survival mode here, which, um, comes because one of what I I've created these after watching this pattern over and over, over and again, but the three pillars are thriving. And the first pillar is vision. So having, um, an idea, a vision for your life, being the creator of your life. The second is structure, which is having the systems in place for the necessary and essential things in your life to happen. And the third is soul, um, taking care of your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health. When one of those three pillars is out of balance, we also feel like we're surviving. So whether it's your soul pillar, you're not taking care of your health, or you're, you know, you're having, um, you know, mental health challenges or whatever it might be, um, you're going to feel like you're in survival mode, or maybe it feels like you don't know how you're going to feed your kids every night, or it's hard to find shoes or, you know, the house is falling apart. That's going to feel like you're surviving or maybe, um, you're going through the motions every day and everything looks kind of fine on paper, but you don't, you know, you're not feeling fulfilled. You don't have a bigger idea. You're kind of just walking through the motions, living for your family, but there's no space for you in the home. Uh, that's going to feel like you're surviving. And so, um, with the planner, 
for example, or this plan a week you can win, what we do in all of these things, the planner, it's all integrated or the next 90 days goes deeper into all three pillars. Um, Soaring Mother Society provides that um, group mem- uh, mastermind experience for everybody. Um, but basically what we're trying to do is build our three pillars, our foundation. And there's so many things you can do in your survival mode circumstances to um, handle it better. I spent so many years, what I call kicking against the pricks during hard seasons and making it so much harder myself than it needed to be um, and suffering through them. But you don't actually have to suffer through survival mode. Like you're going to feel a whole range of emotion, but you don't have to like be totally miserable beyond what you're already experiencing, which is probably hard. So um, that is kind of how it's all integrated together. All these things are meant to help you build that solid foundation of your three pillars of thriving. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, Okay. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to tell listeners? And of course, after that, I'm going to have you tell us where, where they can find you. You gave your website, but if there's anywhere else that they might look for you. So I guess my last thoughts are I've been in that super duper hard place of motherhood and I know how impossible it can feel and you just want to know how to fix it. Um, But I feel like the that the world needs us to become soaring mothers. Um, our families need it and our world needs strong women who can use their gifts and talents to bless those around them who can receive um, revelation from God or their higher power and feel like they can act on that, um, who can enjoy life as an adventure and just see the joy in the journey of it all and who can enjoy deep and meaningful relationships with their friends and their family. And that's what soaring means to me. And so I just hope that all these tools that um, I share can be used by moms who are real moms going through real challenges, who have real um, circumstances that they are, you know, that they have that are hard. You know, we all have different family puzzles, but that we can use these tools to help put some of those puzzle pieces in place and use those gifts and talents, um, in our families and wherever else, um, you know, is in our circle of influence. That's beautiful. Thank you. And now where can people find you if they want to connect? Yes. So thrivingmotheredpodcast.com is the hub, the, um, podcast, you can find it anywhere. And on Instagram at thrivingmotherhood.podcast. I'd love to connect with you there. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Jessica. Oh, thank you. It's been so um, fun to meet with you again. Yes, very much. Thank you. Have you ever wondered what's really causing your child's meltdowns? My meltdown cheat sheet and 10-minute mini training video was made with you in mind, so you can quickly and easily figure out the root cause of their meltdown. Get your free copy at enlighteningmotherhood.com and clicking on freebies.